sports staff of the Holland Sentinel. This is From the Press Box. With your hosts, Brian Vernellis, Dan Diadonna, and Chris Zatarazny. Welcome back to From the Press Box, the weekly podcast by the Sentinel Sports Staff, where we talk anything and everything sports. Um, I'm sports editor Dan Diadonna, along with assistant sports editor Chris Zatarazny. And we are back for another district semifinal post-game edition of, kinda nice. of this, cool. uh, of the podcast of from the press box. Uh, and Chris, a lot has happened since the boys semifinals last week. Um, first of sure all, has. we lost all the boys teams. Yes, we did. Uh, Hamilton made it to, surprisingly to the district final with an upset win. Nice. And lost to Unity Christian that in the final, it. like anyone would have expect, because Unity Christian is just very, very, very good. And just like that, we're out of the yeah. boys of the boys teams. Um, but before we get into all that, uh, a bigger loss this week has been uh, the loss of Ted Lindsay, Red Wings legend. Uh, Ted Lindsay died uh, this week, and he had so. Many different ways that he impacted the game, and uh, Chris wrote a very good column about it. I hope you all read it or plan to do so. Um, but uh, Chris, I mean, I didn't know all these layers of impact that he had. I mean, I knew he was a great player. Yeah, and yeah, I knew he was, he was a good guy, you know. And like, but he was always in Gordy Howe's shadow. Yes, uh, who wouldn't be? Well, you know. best hockey player in the world ever. In my opinion, it's, still it's, ever it's, it's you still say ever. you stay Gordy Howe over Wayne Gretzky. I absolutely do. Yes. Well, we know you say it over Sidney Crosby. That's well, for sure. Of course. <laughs> uh, just a quick snippet. Why is when the league expanded, you had a lot more players in a in a, a bit more of a watered down league in his time. Of course, I mean you're not. I'm not discounting how great he was as a player, but in a, in a era where there's only six teams and there's only a handful of players in the world playing at the best level, it feels like a, a smaller pond big fish and you sure have a, a bit of a it's a, good a big point. fish in a, in a bigger pond it's so, a good point it's uh, a very good point anyways he was always in cordy house shadow but right. still unless a, a fantastic player right i mean you're talking would you say just talent i mean just skill wise i see it's hard because he didn't score as much because gordy <laughs> scored so many <laughs> goals i mean but he's probably i mean he's definitely a top 50 player of all time easily ted Lindsay, probably pushing top 25 he um he was named, 30 something like yeah that, when right? the NHL had their 100th anniversary in, in 17 two years ago um he was one of the first group of players to be named in the top 100 players of all time and the first group was like the impact players of of there of the entire NHL so so it was Gretzky and Gretzky how all those guys Bobby Orr yes. and those guys okay so, so that, he's up there so certainly. that shows you that shows you so t- I mean in the top 30 to play the game that's un- un- unbelievable you yeah. know like that's um, I mean, that's what Major League Baseball's all-century team was. I mean, you're talking, you know, the week. Well, let's take the steroids out of that because that was before that whole thing came on. So Mark McGuire was on there. But you take him aside, the worst player on the Major League Baseball all-century team was, I don't know, Brooks Robinson, the best defensive player of, of all time. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's what you're talking about. Like you're at that level. Joe DiMaggio, let's see the words. <laughs> I mean, so that's 
Uh, actually, it was probably Cal, Cal Ripken or Ernie Banks. There you go. That's that's, that's insane. <laughs> that's insane. Good. That's how good Ted Lindsay is. If yes. I mean, I know that that you know, if for those of you who don't follow hockey, we're putting you at that level. And it's then, pretty high. And for if you like the NBA, we're putting him at Patrick Ewing level. It's really unfortunate that nobody there's not a lot of people left that have seen him play and obviously that includes both of us oh yes absolutely there's not. only there's only a few clips and some i've seen pictures. him walking around um, <laughs> but that's about it he was in great shape by the way great shape in his before he died in at age 93 he was always he was working out a couple years ago they had the free press had an article about how good he was in health yeah he just well you know. it got him to here there's well, a lot yeah. of players that played hockey and football back in that era that don't make it this far because of brain stuff and everything else yeah punishment that the bodies took <laughs> considering how many how many stitches he had over 600 right it's, it's shocking that he was able to make it this far right yeah, well, he just got all the stitches in the right place yes yeah, no helmet <laughs> game kind of thing too he yeah was, you know it's crazy yeah um, it's, yeah it, he he uh he was a unique player he was undersized but he scored he scrapped he did it all I mean, that was his M.O., and he played on one of the best lines in NHL history with Gordy Howe and Sid Abel and eventually Alex Del Vecchio. Um, it, what he did with those guys, the chemistry they had was, is nearly unmatched yeah. uh, in this era. Obviously, with a lot of players now, it's, it's harder to find that kind of chemistry. So when they were able to produce night after night, goal after goal, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty incredible. For sure. I mean, so he's, so he's smaller. Yeah, but he was had all the eight, skills. Five eight one sixty. It was kind of like if if I'm remembering this correctly from the clips that I've seen and what I've read, he seems to be kind of like a less flashier Datsuk. Certainly, I yeah, definitely. He's got a little more grit to him, obviously as well. But yeah, he he definitely had the skills and the, and the playmaking skills as well. Right. It was uh, he was one of a kind. Yeah, and he helped the Wings win four cups in the fifties. And he was the first to skate the cup around. In a lap, <laughs> that he was, which I always forget about him. That is just something that I always forget because you just assume that's been around forever, and it's such a uh, trademark part of the game now. Like yeah. everyone knows that the commercials are all they the captain hoisting it and then skating it around and then yep. handing it to the next guy. Like everybody knows that's coming. That's yep. the and they don't do that in the other sports. Like they pass the, the you know the. Vince Lombardi trophy around. They passed the Major League Baseball one around. But when I think of baseball celebrations, I think of the champagne. Yeah. And football, I think of the stage at the Super yep, Bowl. Yeah, the confetti running right you know, down. And the, and, and the NBA, similar to the Super Bowl, a little yeah. bit like that. But hockey, there's nothing like it. It's and the trophy is was as pro- almost as big as Ted Lindsay. Probably, yeah. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> really, it's a big trophy. It is, it's three feet. It's three feet tall, I believe it is. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's pretty big. It's thirty-five uh, pounds. In, yeah, in weight. that's pretty fun. You know, like yeah, some. I mean, there's nothing like that trophy, and there's nothing like that tradition. And it's so cool that he tradition starts somewhere. Yeah, and it started with him. You know, just like the octopi throwing at the wings games in Olympia Stadium back in the fifties. It started right. with Ted Lindsay as well. Right. He just they used to present the Stanley Cup on a four-legged wooden table. On the ice, they slid it, slid it across the ice, put the Stanley Cup on there, and then they would push the they would push the table across the ice nice. to the locker room eventually. And then it, Lindsay just wanted to pick it up, so he picked it up and he just started skating around with it in Olympia Stadium. And right, you know, the rest cool. is history. Right. I mean, it's so cool in the sense that like 
you know, they got to prolong the celebration, but it also got the cup so much closer to all the fans. It really did, yes. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, very fun. Yeah. Very fun tradition. So definitely he will be missed as a great player, great ambassador to the game, great ambassador for Detroit. And uh, it's... Uh, He's an all-around nice guy. Yeah. It was. I met him once. Did you really? He signed, he signed a book for me in, at Joe Louis Arena probably in the mid-2000s. His book? Uh, his book, yeah. Yeah. It's at home. Uh, sitting there and addressed to me and you know i was very nervous didn't say more than five words to the guy but it was like in awe of a hockey icon just now did you speak in english or were you know yeah. it's so nervous you don't even I, know what I, I said <laughs> hey hi ted you know how you doing yeah. good good you know, yeah. it's chris off to chris yeah you know, i shook his hand said thanks and that was that was it that was my only there encounter is. with him there it is uh, but and it he shook the hand one of a kind. shook the hand of the man who started the stanley cup yep it's pretty cool victory lap. Cool. that's awesome yeah. that's awesome so he'll be missed yeah and those are the those are the memories you know yep. even though you never saw him play there's no disputing how big of a deal that was and that kind that's of right. a legend that's very very cool oh yeah very cool um all right so let's move switch back into the category of other losses not in the not to take ted's loss so lightly um but we had a lot of teams end their season. Yeah. Uh, so we talked a little bit about the Hamilton boys. They had a great run at the end there. Uh, it was good for them. Then they fell in the district final. The Hope women made it the first, through the second round to the second round of the NCAA tournament. And then the host of that grouping, Wartburg, kind of stomped them in the second round. Yeah, it, it was... It was a beatdown. I mean, you can't mince words here, and even even Coach Brian Morehouse would, would admit to that. They just they got outplayed in every single aspect of that game. It was not even close at the end of one quarter, let alone at half or the rest of the game. They lost seventy nine to forty nine. Like right, <laughs> Hope is a really good high scoring team, and they were only they held to forty nine points. Second quarter they had five. Yeah, five points in the second quarter. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And Morehouse the night before said if they had an eight point quarter in their first round win, and he said if we have an eight point quarter, we'll lose. Only had five. Yeah. yeah, and they lost. They they just they got lost crushed. by thirty. They uh, yeah, they got they got outplayed. Um, it's it was an unfortunate way for their season to end, uh, considering how great it really was uh, with only one senior in Francesca Buchanan. Um, but they've got a great core coming back, losing only one senior. Um, this team is going to be very, very difficult to beat next year uh, with all the experience they have um, ending the season 23-5 and five, um, with three of those losses coming to Trine and two coming to two top – one top five team and one top 15 team. Yeah, and next year will be a big – I mean, they've been almost a deep run team, right, each year. They made wait, they made the Sweet 16 last year? They made it all the way to the Sweet 16, I think, and they lost in the Elite Eight. Right, in the Elite Eight, yeah. So, I mean, they've had this, but here, what next year's, here's what next year's going to do, Chris. Next year, Kennedy and Olivia and Lauren Newman are going to be juniors. So they'll still have two years left. Yes. They're going to get a whole host of freshman impact players, some of them named Morehouse. And what's going to happen is they're going to have to learn how to score without Frankie. Yes, and they're going to have to learn it very quickly. So what's going to happen is this is going to be their a lot of kids breakout years in a lot of different ways. Because yes. they're going to and they're going to and I think this is going to be a learning year for them because of that. Now they're going to miss Frankie no doubt. Tremendously. No doubt. Um 
but this will be another kind of one of those development years where they're learning how to do things without her. Yeah. I mean, she's been the linchpin for a couple of years now. I mean, everything goes through her. It focuses on her. Not necessarily on her, but through her, whether yeah. it's, you know. Um, but to me, that it's going to be a up and down, not up and down season like they're going to lose a bunch of games, but it's going to be a a learning, growing kind of a season again where they're kind of redeveloping themselves a little bit. And then I see, I mean, the next year, I see them as a Final Four team. With the talent they've got coming in. I mean, you already know what they give you, and they have the ability to, and who knows, that could happen next year too. They have the ability to learn and learn on the fly, you know, and they can still win a lot of games that they're working through stuff. Yes. You know. Yes. So it'll it'll be interesting, but I I mean they just need to be able to somebody's going to have to be able to, and it could be more than one somebody. When the chips are down, and you need a bucket, yeah, who are you going to go to? Right, Frankie. But now who are you going to go to? You got there's that's got to be established. Now all of their players are very capable of scoring. This is not like a way of dogging that. Right. No, but, that's very true. But somebody needs to establish themselves in the crunch time, time after time again. They've all done it at times. Kennedy has been fantastic. She was fantastic in the NCAA tournament last year. It's there. Olivia's had some huge. Olivia Voskill's had some huge games. It's there. Lauren Newman's had some huge games. It's there. Sydney Muller's had some. They all have had huge yeah, games. Yeah. Gerber. On a consistent basis. What, who's it going to be? But you need to have that. Yeah, consistency where. When when it's a close game that you can continually go to one person, or, or not even continually go to one person, that one person can take over the game enough to be the difference. And it doesn't have to be the same person every game, but it needs to be something you know that is consistently there. You have to be able to have that option to go to that next level in the crunch time. And I yes. know it's there. I know Kennedy has it. I've seen it. Um, offensively, not defensively, they're good. You know, like that's. I don't think they're worried about getting to the next level defensively. I don't think that's they they pattern themselves after their defense. But I think yeah. they got to have they had got to have a couple close games where somebody, you know, somebody can make three baskets in the last two minutes, you know, and seal it. Yeah. So. Well, for me, it's got to be Olivia Vosco or Ashley Thomas. They're the ones that are coming in to fill that post position that, that Frankie is, is vacating now. Um, and Vosco has at times showed up incredibly well. And other times she hasn't needed to. Right. Um, or she hasn't. It just depends on the game. Um, Thomas has kind of been behind Vosco in that regard. So it's it's a one-two kind of punch. Um, so we'll see how they, they fill in for her. But just to give you a perspective on where Frankie finishes her career – she has 1,476 points. That's second all-time. She finishes second all-time, or seventh all-time in rebounds with 710. She finished third all-time in, in uh, points per game, second in field goals made, second in field goals attempted, eighth in field goal percentage, eighth in defensive rebounds, sixth in free throws made, third in free throws attempted, fifth in offensive rebounds, and tenth in offensive rebounds per game. Wow. That's, that's a an lot. impact player. Yes, that's a lot. That's where she's finishing her career at Hope after four years of being a three-year starter for sure and then at times in her freshman year sometimes. Yeah, and, and she she was 
kind of that one veteran that bridged well that one veteran star that bridged the gap between two groups of big talented players yeah um and now she leaves that to the these talented youngsters um what a career i mean that's that's a lot of categories to be top 10 in. yeah and there's and she does it blue collar style she what hit two threes all year something like that you know she's uh, I think she had three this year. Maybe. Oh yeah, that's maybe. right. She had one on the senior day that was that maybe two the crowd up, but like, <coughs> excuse me, that's not her game though. To no, to do all that, player. to do all that and get that high in the scoring list without shooting threes for the most part, and the way she just goes to work in the paint as a slightly undersized center. Um, I know she kind of played the four this year, even though Olivia really played the four. You know, offensively at least, you know, but it's incredible. And the crowd loved her. Like, she was one of the most beloved players that I can remember. Uh, yeah. Because they knew what she was doing, they knew how she was doing it. And it just epitomized, you know, what they wanted out of their elite player. Yeah. And uh, it was great. It was, it was fantastic to watch. Fantastic career. That's right. All right, Miss well, Watchner. Speaking of fantastic careers, Hope swim coach John Patnot uh, finished his uh, finished his. Well, he still got we still got the NCAA championships, yes. um, but he coached in his final MIAA swim meet. He's been Hope's coach since the beginning of swimming in the MIAA. It's a long time, um, and thirty nine years he was the coach, and. Yeah, he his 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 legacy is fantastic. I mean, when we've talked a little bit about it in the past, but uh, just having them go out the way they did with a win was just storybook ending. It was a storybook ending. It's very cool. It's very cool. And we and uh, we just had a piece this week. Really embrace. I mean, we obviously had the story when it happened. You know, a week and a half ago or whatever. But um, we had the story this week just kind of reflecting on that legacy and i sent messages out to all the hope, like hope swimmers that i knew or kept in contact with on social media and they and pretty much everybody sent something back that's how like 20 some people instantly you know he means that much to the community and it's going to be a lot different without him uh, but it was cool that they had this year with uh jake Tabor as the incoming coach and they co-coached for a year uh Tabor swam for pat not years ago and uh, it's very cool, kind of a transition that you don't always get that. Um, but that was that was pretty cool. So we'll look forward to seeing what uh, Hope does at nationals. There's a handful of kids that will be headed to the national championships. Um, but yeah, pretty pretty cool to go out with an MIAA championship first time since 2004 because Calvin's pretty much been in control uh, on the women's side, um, and that's not a, a slight at Hope. Calvin's been like they're a, they're a not top force. five to yeah. ten in the country, while Hope has been like fifteen in the country. Yeah. You know, like it's not it's just the way that it goes sometimes. Um, it's like those old Cleveland Cavs teams with Brad Doherty and Mark Price and Larry Nance going up against the Bulls in the second or third round of the second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs every year. It's over my head. Yeah, it's over <laughs> your head. Before I you know Larry Nance Jr. That's about it. Right. That's how long ago this was. Um, 
but this is not the LeBron Cavs. This is the Brad Doherty Cavs uh, back in the early 90s wow. um, when they – we'll never know how good they would be because they played the Bulls in like the second, the third round every year. Um, or the conference final. One, At least one of the years that they were in the conference final. Um, when Michael Jordan hit that jump, sh- that game-winning jump shot, and then jumped up in the air and pumped his fist, yeah, that was to eliminate the Cavs uh, wow. in the conference final. Speaking so. of those two, LeBron just right now is recording this podcast past MJ for fourth all-time in scoring. That just right is now, crazy. Of course, he's on a team that's not doing very well, but that's right. the point. That's that's incredible. Still. So. Do you have the list in front of you? Do you know who's... No, I don't. I just saw it. it who's ahead? Twitter. There's, so he's, he's fourth now? I will look it up right now, but he's no, fourth. I'll tell you who they are. I know All right, who they are. All right, well, give me a second here. The we'll uh, the three ahead of LeBron now would be um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yep. Wilt Chamberlain. No, he is sixth, actually. No, Carl Malone. Carl Malone. Oh, and Kobe. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's right, Kobe. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Michael was, Jordan, 32,292. So many points. LeBron just bumped up into that. That's so, so many points, yeah. Incredible. Um, yeah, he's going to – he's something else. I mean, he he's so good. Um, and I've watched – I even watched Kareem play. That's how old I am, Chris. I mean, oh, wow. Kareem played until, what, 88? He was he, – he started against the first Bad Boys final, and then he retired. Yeah. So – I saw him play in the finals. <laughs> I saw Bird, Magic, Jordan, the Bad Boys. That's awesome. Shaq Some and good Kobe. Years there. Yeah. The Knicks, the Rockets, you name it. And now Golden State. Yeah, now they're you know, kind of taking control. It's crazy. So, anyway. Uh, just an interesting side note that just happened. Yeah, we'll have to have some where does LeBron fit debate sometime soon because yes. that would be good maybe after the season's over that would be a good revisit it we'll have a couple of debates like that on this podcast yeah, so absolutely. stay tuned um so chris before we get to the the girls district hoops we had some kids at the state wrestling finals i mean when, if you want to just quickly quickly recap how these kids did. Yeah, we had seven go. Uh, one from Zealand West, Taji Vorovong. One from Zealand East, Carter Henson. And five from Holland, uh, Jaeger Shippa, Michael Landine, Javier Ramos, Isaiah Bernal, and Easton Mendoza. Uh, of the seven, five didn't make it to the second day uh, of, of wrestling. And it's it's a pretty long first day. Like You have to wrestle, I, I believe, at least three matches if you make it that far. Um, the... The motto is win two before you lose two. And if you do that, you're on to the second day of, re- of wrestling. Um, lose two first, you're out of the tournament. Just that simple. Make a top eight. Um, Carter Hinson from Zealand East finished sixth in the 119-pound weight class in Division Two, And Javier Ramos, a senior, um, he was seated lower in his bracket and yet came out and finished fifth yeah. uh, in his 215-pound uh, Division Two weight class. So... Uh, pretty exciting finish for the two of those guys. Um, Carter, second year in a row, sophomore, making it all-state list, and, and Ramos, his first time at state ever. He earned all-state honors at a senior. He's finished fifth. So pretty, pretty incredible finish pretty for him. Sweet. Um, yeah, so that's uh, a pretty solid finish for all seven guys, even if they didn't make it out of the first day. They still were uh, all um, state tournament uh, finalists in that sense. So 
Um, not a bad season for those five, those seven guys. Yeah, definitely. All right, and uh, let's talk about the girls' districts now. We just got back from some of those matchups. Um, we'll, we can give you the the rundown. Uh, Saugatuck and Fenville both lost in the semifinals tonight, and uh, Zealand East beat Holland, and West Ottawa lost to Hudsonville. Holland Christian beat barely beat Unity Christian. Unity Christian, and then Hamilton beat Allegan uh, pretty easily. Yes. Pretty easily. Yeah, and then we had already lost Black River on Monday and Zealand West yes. on Monday. So, um, Saugatuck, we'll, st- we'll start with them. They they had a 15-2 to 2 lead, right, over Calvin Christian after the first quarter and then got in some foul trouble with the top players and really never recovered from that. Yeah, kind of went downhill for them. And it, it just kind of unraveled. Um, great... Uh, it was the end of great careers of uh, Madeline Moore and Aaron Stannis. They were four-year varsity starters for Saugatuck. Um, Moore was a 1,000-point scorer. Um, and Fenville, Corinne Howard had 23 points, continued to be a scoring machine uh, in their loss. Um, but they had a pretty good season, won a district game for the first time in a while. Um, and then, Chris, you saw, uh, you saw Holland Christian and Hamilton win back-to-back games to set up a rivalry showdown on friday just uh yeah what uh what did you see out of those games well uh holland christian was up first and hamilton played second um actually a little weird because unity christian was hosting and it feels like that should have been flip-flop but yeah regardless sometimes um, they do that for like if they got a band concert or yeah. something too yeah holland christian they had a great first quarter they were up 16 to 4 they were cruising and then all of a sudden they just couldn't score um, they played okay in the second quarter, and they were still up, still up by a, a good amount at the half. Um, but once they came out of halftime, it, it just it wasn't clicking for them. They weren't getting shots. They weren't um, getting good looks. Unity Christian was playing pretty good defense, and they were getting some shots, and, and they were slowly chipping away in that lead all the way to the fourth quarter. And, and then all of a sudden, it's a two-point game. Um, <laughs> it was a, a bit of a surprise considering how, how well Holland Christian has played this year. Um, and we've seen it happen. They they have a lot of good scores that can hit make points when they want to. They can hit make some buckets when they want to. Um, Tori Roskamp's one of those. Han Lutzma, Faith Mulder, um, Kaylee Duckema, they all can make some good shots. Yeah, for sure. Um, but Unity was making some good plays and kind of just canceling them out. And with just around three minutes to play in the fourth quarter, it was a two-point game. And uh, the Crusaders started to foul to try and go to an, an and-one Um or sorry, one on one, one yeah. Um, situation. It didn't work in their favor. Uh, Tori and Faith both hit their free throws, and it just kind of uh, worked out. Um, where they're pretty confident at the line. They've been in that situation before, so it was pretty easy for them. But that was a, a, a rough finish for them, um, unexpectedly, I, I think, for a lot of people, um, considering their talent. Um, they're going to have to be better on Friday for sure. Um, well, and sometimes the rough finish. It's kind the, of sparks the, too. you know yeah and then you, things come together i mean they hamilton's beat them both times but they have played hamilton better than anybody yes that's so, very true uh they have played i mean hamilton is hamilton has only played three close games since christmas and two of them were holland christian and one of them was that game zealand east where you know yeah. meg 
kind of got Meg Morehouse got loose on them a little bit, and uh, it was eleven point finish I mean, last time these two teams met. Eleven points yeah. separated them, and it, and it was only that close late because of some free throws, from what right. I understand. Yeah, it was a. I mean, it was really like a six point win, five six point win. Yeah, for Hamilton. So basically, you know, this, you know knowing that that it didn't finish the way they wanted to, this this could be a real spark plug for Holland Christian going on a Friday. Uh, obviously, it's a big hill to climb because Hamilton is ranked third in the state. Um, they're really talented. They got a lot of depth, which played tonight. I mean, they, they were cruising. They were only down once, which was the first bucket of the game, a three-pointer, and then they just went off right. and, and took care of business as as you would expect a top-10 team to do, sure. especially in district and The play. same thing happened on Monday. They were losing to Wayland, what, 11-10 after the first quarter because they couldn't get their offensive rhythm going, and then by the time they got to the fourth quarter, they were already up 30. Yeah. Yeah, and then a lot of their depth play. They had a couple JV players up that were getting some experience. That's that'll help them down the stretch, assuming they get to that point. Yeah, especially because um, they only have nine on the regular varsity yeah, roster. So having having that, just knowing that there's depth there for them, that's that's just a confidence. Um, but it, it's going to be a great matchup on Friday. I'm little, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to see what Holland Christian does uh, to Hamilton because knowing how close they were the last game and knowing that they didn't finish the way they wanted to on Wednesday night. They're going to be hungry, no doubt. They're going to be hungry for this this well, game. Well, each the last couple of years too, what Holland Christian has done, Hamilton has beat them every time because Hamilton's beaten pretty much everybody every time in the last three years. But each game of the three times they played the district finals last year, two for the third time, and the year before, <laughs> and the year before, it's been, this is the fourth year in a row now. Yeah. So, but each time, uh, Holland Christian has added a layer of something of game plan and they've played better as they've gone along. Yeah. So that that could be it could be make it pretty interesting. I mean and plus there's the rivalry aspect of it. I mean that is I mean Hamilton has had the, you know, the upper hand for a while. Holland Christian had is a long, even longer upper hand in the rivalry right before that even though Hamilton was really really good. Two yeah, there, it's it's two great rivals, and so but that plays into it a little bit, um, and getting a rivalry game, um, in a neutral site is a very different experience. Um, so it just, you know, you never you never know what's what's going to come out of districts, and that's that's the the awesome part of this the way the state tournament goes is you're one and done. You know, yeah. like you gotta you gotta come out and perform every time, and if uh, you know Holland Christian can figure out one more. You know, one more element defensively, and their shots fall. I mean, that's really the biggest thing because they play pretty good defense. Holland Christian does, and we saw it. We you saw it tonight. Yeah, they did. The problem was they went through a stretch where it was hard for them to score, and if they have too long of a stretch like that on Friday, it's going to be rough. But if they can consistently score and not have too long of droughts, hit some threes. And they all can hit threes on their whole team. Everybody on their team hits threes. They got a chance. Yes. They got a chance. They, so. Holland Christian, I, uh, Heather Swearinga, coach, talked about just attacking their shooters, making sure that they don't get the shots off that they, they want to. Um, and Hamilton talked about playing just consistent fundamental basketball because they know Holland Christian is going to come with a good defensive plan that's going to try and disrupt whatever they've got going on. So it's going to be interesting to see how Hamilton handles Holland Christian's defense, and if Holland Christian can can make some big buckets when they need to mm-hmm. against a tough Hawkeye defense, it's going to be it's going to be a great game. 
For sure, for sure. And then the other district final we have now is uh, Zeeland East versus Hudsonville at home for Zeeland East on Friday. Um, so, which means West Ottawa lost to Hudsonville. Which is an, an interesting game. I mean, they West Ottawa at times looked really good, and then they just had an, a stretch like we were talking about with Holland Christian, where the offense just they couldn't get anything going, and it and it ended up the West uh, West Ottawa didn't score in the fourth quarter. And that's insane. Like that that stat in a in a postseason game, that is. But the 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 craziest part to me was watching it in person. I didn't feel like they hadn't scored. It's very odd. I mean, it felt like a struggle for both teams to score in general, you know. And then you know, Hudsonville hits a couple threes, gets a little bit of separation, and I didn't realize until the last minute of the game that they hadn't scored the entire fourth quarter because it was there was lots of. You know, back and forth, and rebounds and turnovers, and everything was in tra- transition, and it just—it was just really—it was just really interesting. Um, and that's, you know, that's tough for West Ottawa. I mean, they—it's the end of the career, uh, the high school career for Natalie Dunn, um, who led the OK Red in scoring this year, and uh, Abby Sprick was a senior as well, and Danny Kuiper. I mean, these are guards that handle the ball, you know, that very well. And, uh, you know, I know they were hoping to get to the finals and just, you know, they had one stretch of, you know, lack of offensive rhythm, I guess. Uh, just kind of got the best of them tonight, unfortunately. But uh, um, in the other semifinals, Zeeland East played Holland. And uh, this is a tough matchup for Zeeland East. They lost to Holland once during the season. They split. And Zeeland East was just coming off this emotional win over Jenison, who was on paper clearly favored to win even though Zealanese beat them a double overtime earlier this year as well um but they got a game-winning shot from meg morehouse on monday and she hit the go-ahead shot again against holland but they 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 were in a dogfight against holland man they were they were down in the fourth quarter late in the fourth quarter in the final minute and a half of the fourth quarter and there's just something about that matchup with the athletic guards that can kind of hang with uh zealand east athletic guards and then holland's got the size um up front they've got a pretty solid front court size wise and so you know the chicks weren't getting to the weren't getting to the rim as much and you know their zone made it harder you know for them to get outside shots at times and it just was a struggle. It's a one of those matchups. Every team's got a tough one team that's a tougher matchup yeah. for them, which is honestly like Holland Christian. Unity Christian is a tough matchup for them on the girls' side, whereas it's not necessarily, you know, another tough matchup. Or yeah. Holland is a tough matchup for Zeeland East. I mean, Holland Christian has been a pretty tough matchup for Hamilton as well. But uh, Byron Center finished second in the green. It's only two losses in the green. We're to Hamilton, which means yep. it swept everybody else. Yep. But Hamilton crushed them in both games, and Ham- and they had a harder time with Zeeland East because you had a player of Meg Morehouse's caliber that was able to take control for a little bit and made things interesting. Yes. And Byron Center has a team full of good players, but they don't have that one go-to star that can take over a game. And that's the only way you're going to beat him. Hamilton is you got to there's got to be that kind of a player or you got to have a team that's as formidable as they are top to bottom which is what happened to Hamilton in the state quarterfinals last year um so we'll see we'll see what happens but so now Zealand East 
will be the underdog again against Hudsonville. Hudsonville um, plays pretty good defense. Obviously, they held West Ottawa without a point in the fourth quarter, but they really won because they hit a lot of threes. So if Zeeland East can get the offense going and Hudson, they keep Hudsonville from hitting a ton of threes, you know, live by the three, die by the three, you could miss, you could miss a ton of threes. And if you miss a ton of threes yeah. and, and Zeeland East gets a two-point bucket on most of those, yeah. it adds up. It adds up. It's very Michigan-like. It's very Michigan-like. Hudsonville, the girls' team, but it's very Michigan-like. It's they play good defense, and that but their offense seems to revolve around the three. Um, but it's working for them, and the reason it's working for them just is the reason it works for Michigan is you got to have a game where everybody's cold for it to be a big issue. It's not like they have one three point, one or two three point shooters, and that's it. Hudsonville's the same way. They got they had four or five kids draining threes. So it'll take the whole yes. team getting cold for it to be like. Now that still could happen, as we've seen it happen to Michigan, where everybody's cold. I think it's possible um, in the playoffs, right? And that's what makes it so fun. But uh, it could be it could be interesting. Um, and I think that uh, it's cool to have two two uh, girls teams in district finals. We uh, we didn't think we Hamilton pulled that upset in the boys' side. We might have had no boys otherwise in the district final. Isn't that interesting with, with ten teams? Yeah. Not in a district final it would have been really rough. So good for Hamilton for getting this one team in a district final, uh, two girls teams, um, you know. But uh, three girls teams. Holland Christian Hamilton is playing this. Yes, each other, but. excuse me, two games. Yes, yes, <laughs> you're right. Two games. Yes, three teams. Yes, let's not forget Holland Christian. They they are definitely in the finals, and they that makes sense. It makes sense. That's that's where they should be. Um, and who knows? I mean, the same thing happened in volleyball. You remember how uh, Hamilton came in ranked heavily favored, and uh, yeah, Holland Christian game. almost knocked him off in five sets. And whoever won was going to go further. Yeah, that could happen again. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 not like I love the rivalry. This is it. It's great. It's a great rivalry, and you'll get to see it in a neutral site, which is yeah. totally different. So it, it should be it should be good. So. That's what we got on Friday, and we'll see who moves on from there. We'll definitely have at least one team moving on because Holland Christian and Hamilton are playing each other. So one of those teams is going to be headed to the regional in Coloma on Monday. Gosh, that's a long that's way a away. Long drive, um, but uh, they'll be happy to make that drive oh, easily. <laughs> yes. So um, then this weekend we've also got state championship swim meets. Uh, Holland's going to the Division Two meet. Hamilton and Holland Christian to Division Three. Zealand and West Ottawa Division One, and that's at Holland Community Aquatic Center. Uh, West Ottawa's ranked number one in Division One. Holland Christian's ranked number one in Division Three. There's a good chance both teams win. And I don't know if we've ever had two teams win the same year on the boys' side. Out of all the championships that have been around here, really, yeah, I mean, surprising. We'll have to look. We'll have to look. I think there might have been one of Hamil- like one of Hamilton's first years that they won. After building their program, Zealand might have won. That might have been the same year that a Zealand team won. But you know, there's there haven't been that many state championships team wise in general. We had a couple Hollands, a couple old Holland Christian ones. We had Holland Christian last year, a Zealand one a few years ago, a lot of Zealand ones in the nineties, a lot of West Ottawa ones in the sixties and seventies. So um, it'll just. Uh, it would be very cool. It would be very cool if they could both win. Um, they're both ranked number one, which means technically they're the favorite. 
but a lot of things happen at the state meet. Um, it's not just like you're going up against the number two team head to head because it depends on how many people you have qualified, how many people make it to score, and other teams can throw monkey wrenches in. It's not just like like West Ottawa, the number two team is Ann Arbor Skyline, I think, and they're they're the defending champs. It's not just like they have to outperform Ann Arbor Skyline because if Skyline gets some big spots and gets help from the third-place team and the fourth-place team and the fifth-place team in key areas, that all comes into play, which makes it really exciting. Um, but it's not the same sport that's head-to-head one team at a time uh, like other team sports are. So uh, everybody's going to have to perform. Last year they had an outside shot. West Ottawa had an outside shot at winning. And uh, everything had to go right on in Friday's prelims to get the right people in the in the finals, and everything did not go right for them. So uh, it kind of had them trying to play catch up, and they did very well. They swam very well on Saturday, um, but did not. It was not enough after what happened on Friday. And then, meanwhile, Holland Christian last year won easily the state championship at Division Three with their powerhouse team that they had, but they've lost. They graduated three state, three different individual state champions. So um, pretty good. Yeah. So, but they're still ranked number one. So it'll be a little bit tougher this year. It's not so much a foregone conclusion like it was last year, uh, but it'll be exciting. It'll be exciting. And they still have a really good shot um, at, at winning, especially with the strength of their relays. So it should be a pretty good swimming, swimming week for sure. Once before has happened. Only once. I checked the MHSA archives. Yeah. Was it the Zealand Hamilton? Zealand Hamilton, 2009. 2009, yeah. That was when it happened. Gotcha. There's been a couple of years where it's been a winner and a runner-up and whatnot with Holland and Hamilton and Zealand, all of it mixed in. But right. Oh, nine, yes, was the okay. last time this gotcha. ever happened. So. Gotcha. That was a – yeah. So this could be this could be incredible. And West Ottawa hasn't won since – 10 years. West Ottawa hasn't won since the since the 70s. I don't think so. That would be uh, that would be huge for that program. I mean, they've had the girls won a few years ago, um, and uh, Hamilton has won, Zealand's won, Holland Christians won, and Holland has won. They've all won. Uh, yeah, nineteen seventy one was last year that West Ottawa won a state title. Seventy one. Okay, they've all actually all the local teams: Holland, Zealand, and Hamilton. They've all won. they've all won multiple and on Christian they've all won yes. multiple state titles since the last time West Ottawa has won one. Yes, um, and West Ottawa won a lot in the sixties. Yeah, they won seventy one. Uh, yeah, a good amount. So, they won four, uh, five, four yeah, from a sixty five to seventy one and runner up uh, the other, three other times. Yeah, that's a pretty good run yeah, they had. Not bad, not bad. It's a pretty good run they had. So um, they've had a, a lot of st- second and third place teams lately. They've had a lot of individual state champions, uh, but this could be the year they finally get that. Uh, team title back uh, another team title banner to put up at the pool in West Ottawa so um, so get ready for some swim coverage this weekend everybody because exciting weekend it's going to be very exciting with a chance of two teams winning and uh, everything else is done so there's no those are that's it on on Saturday yeah it's the, it's really it's weird. the state meets it is really weird there's no hope basketball to worry about some some years we have We'll have this situation with the state meets. Last year we had the same situation, right? And but then hope was hope men and women were playing yep. in the NCAA tournament. Last um, year it was I, I had to drive like away from Saginaw back to Holland just to, just to finish up the the Elite Eight game. With right, how much more they lost? Right, Whew. and 
it's yeah it's there's a lot of things going on that we've had you know at that time grand valley was playing in the gliac tournament i think at that point and um or even the NCAA tournament, Cornerstone was making a big run with Stegga and Vanderslice, and uh, who knows what else. You know, there was always we had deep teams. You know, Hamilton girls were in the middle of a run that wasn't on the weekend, but still, lots of things going on. We're a little thinner this yeah. this year, which is okay because there's still some very big things happening. Uh, but you know, that's what happens. That's why we play the games. So yeah, exactly right. Um, but uh, yeah, we will have coverage of the swim meets, the district finals, um, regional, probably regional, previews, at guessing. least one regional. Um, yeah, for the girls, and we'll see how far these teams can get. I mean, it could be a pretty busy week for us next week if uh, the chicks and Meg Morehouse goes off in her game, and uh, whoever wins the Holland, uh, the Hamilton Holland Christian game could make a run too we could yeah. uh we could be in for some quite a quite a busy week of coverage so uh, but we will have everything for you in the sentinel and online at hollandsentinel.com um so get out and watch some winter sports while you still can while still and, cold and uh if if you're a casual west ottawa or holland christian fan or a casual swim fan go if you're a holland christian fan go they're at uh, oakland this year I know it's a little bit of a drive, but uh, it's going to be a close and exciting meet. And if you uh, just want to stick around, go to the Aquatic Center, West Ottawa, ranked number one. History. Zealand will probably be a top ten team as well. Um, they'll be there too. So um, this is this is the time to go check something like that out when there's not a, you know there's nothing else in town and happening. A big, so big title on the line for sure, for sure. So. Um, yeah, so good luck to the local teams that are out and about this week, and we will be there to cover it. And uh, we will be back next week to recap anything and everything that happens in sports around here. So uh, have a good week, everybody. And for Chris, I'm Dan. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.